What's going on, Clipper people? It is me, William the Opinion Updike. Oh, and I am positive Chuck Mockler. And we're your friendly neighborhood Clippers podcast, just a couple of best friends and Clipper credentialed media folks bringing you locked on Clippers currently three days a week, but soon to be five days a week, right? Absolutely ramping up. We're at the end of this month. We'll be back at you five days a week, 7 a.m. Monday through Friday. Absolutely. And kicking things off today, we did a fan poll on Twitter. Basically, we wanted to know what you thought the Clippers' biggest roadblock was to being a top four seed this season. So we're going to talk about that. There's a lot of there's a lot of options, a lot of things to dig into. Can't wait to talk that. And then in segment two, we're talking about the man, the myth, Ohio State legend, Luke Kennard. We're looking at some ideal backcourt pairings for him. Look, the thing is, we got to make Luke Kennard successful this season. So we're going to dive into how we think Ty Luke can alter some rotations to maybe make that happen. And then in shavings, uh, we're talking about Pat Bev as a Timberwolf today. Very excited for him. And then since it's Friday, we got a Love Mary quarantine for you. Basically, uh, we're ranking something arbitrarily related to the Clippers, and we're either loving it, we're marrying it, or we're quarantining it, which means get it the heck away from us. This one is cameo themed, and you <laughs> do not want to miss it. <laughs> so all that and more coming up right about now. You are locked on Clippers. Your daily Los Angeles Clippers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, so we're talking potential roadblocks uh, for the Clippers being a top four seed. I think most fans would be okay if they were top five because four and five is a little, you know, interchangeable except for the whole home court advantage thing. The options over on at Locked On Clips were pick and roll defense, three-point shooting regression, rebounding, and then this one was a bit of a loaded option, the absurd schedule. Uh, I mean, honestly, we can just get right into it. The absurd schedule ran away with this one. Um, 66% of the vote uh, will say that the schedule is what's to blame for the Clippers roadblock to being a top four seed this season. Do you agree? I kind of have to agree with this one. I disagree. Uh, not only do I disagree, I hate this answer. I mean, the schedule, <laughs> dude, the schedule is what it is. There's no way to control that. Um, a lot of teams have tough schedules. It's not a, you know, it's not a situation that's unique exclusively to the Clippers. Uh, so I don't buy that. I, I think it's a cop out. Sorry to disagree with everybody, but no. no, I, I which think one the, are you picking? Cause that's why I left health off. Cause that one is a complete, that one's even more of a wild card. Which one are you going with? So looking at these, like rebounding is always something I'm worried about. However, we've been able to find ways to sort of get around it uh, the past two seasons. Three-point shooting regression. Um, look, That was I, second I, place. So three-point shooting regression was second place. I think that that's understandable. I would say looking at both sides of the ball for this team, the offense is not the thing that concerns me of, right. those t- of both sides of the ball. So... I, I would have to agree with actually what was tied for like the least amount of votes, which is the pick and roll defense. But I would add a caveat of, of really just defensively overall. This has been a team that has been, you know, it it hasn't been as good as maybe the personnel would would indicate it that it would be. Right. Uh, so in losing Kawhi Leonard, who, you know, you can nitpick his defense throughout the regular season. I, I think that that's totally fair. It's still completely unavoidable that he is still, you know, can be quite the defensive presence and losing him. It, you know, it just is a loss, period. No matter what, you know, like level his commitment is on the defensive end of the floor throughout the entirety of the regular season. Yeah, I think the tinkering that Ty Lue is going to do is also going to maybe make that defense a little more not suspect because that makes it seem like it's really not good. I'm not meaning that at all, but he's got to figure some stuff out. We got to figure out how Justice Winslow fits in. 
got to figure out how Bledsoe fits in. And there's going to be some growing pains with the defense. I honestly am surprised that shooting regression um, doesn't have more votes. It was second place. But, I mean, it was a historic shooting season last year. The Clippers were number one in three-point percentage. They only took a league average amount of threes, so the efficiency was, like, unbelievable. Um, Generating open looks is going to be tougher without Kawhi. So I'm interested to see – thankfully, we weren't high in attempts, right? Because if we were really high in three-point attempts and number one in shooting, this would be completely unsustainable for two seasons in a row, you know, unless you're say, you know, the Warriors uh, a few years back or something like that. So I'm really interested in seeing how the offense changes. I don't think the ball movement's going to change obviously, because it looked so much different um, than the last Doc Rivers year with the first compared to the first Ty Lue year. But those percentages, I mean, I, I hope we're a top five shooting team again, but I think with Ty Lue's tinkering and stuff like that, there's going to be some fit issues in that regard. I, I think that that's reasonable. And, you know, to worry about a regression, I think is totally normal. To me, like, just offense hasn't been super a problem. I don't feel like this team's really had difficulties scoring that much. And I think looking at, depending on how, on how lineups shake out, uh, you have guys whose basically biggest contribution to the roster is scoring uh, in, say, like a Reggie Jackson and Luke Kennard. And those guys are going to be getting more minutes. So I, I think that, Points are going to come. It's just how much can we afford to give up on the other end of the floor? Yeah, and it's. do you think the pick-and-roll defense will be better this season than last year? I know we lost Kawhi, but from like we've talked about the bench defense a little bit on this pod this over these past couple of weeks, and I really think that defensively, I think full bench units will be better than they were last season. Um, and so I'm really excited to see what Tyler does with the staggering. And I think part of it is just by design. I think, remember that game when we played the Cavs and we just kept letting them shoot floaters and like, oh, it like yeah. worked for them in the first half. And then it was kind of like, oh, when this doesn't work, it's really ugly for the other team. So I think we're going to see a lot of that where it's like, this is by design. Like we're going to give you the floaters. We might give you a couple, not easy, you know, like we don't know really if we're going to go under or over screens yet. Like, There's a lot of questions kind of on the defensive side of the ball, but thankfully it's only really personnel oriented. Yeah, definitely. And I think, you know, the the pick and roll defense, it's just going to depend on how sort of those rotations work out. And it might be one of those things that, you know, once again, we're not seeing the the final uh, finalized form of that much, much later in the season than maybe we'd be comfortable with, but um, you know, in running everybody back and adding Bledsoe, who, you know, will be available more games, uh, not saying that he's defensively necessarily better than Pat Bev, certainly didn't give that type of effort uh, last season. Right. <laughs> uh, but theoretically, you know, you do have one more defender in him and and Justice Winslow. So, yeah, like the we'll pieces see. are there. Like, that's the I mean, thing. That's the thing. It's the same as it's been for the past two seasons, though. Like, all the pieces are there. Just like, mm-hmm. will we put it together? I'm surprised you're so down on the schedule being an option. Uh, I just think that's a, I just think that's a cop out to me. It's like the same as health. It's like, yeah, okay. Right. I mean, like all, all health had to be left off because health would get a hundred percent of the vote. Cause like, oh, that's, yeah. that's every single thing. That's, um, that's every single team. The schedule for me, the schedule shakes out as to what it is every year because the league is whatever. The thing that gets me is, you know, we are a bit of an older team, but we've infused a little more youth for guys who are going to soak up some minutes. So I think that's going to help. 
Um, and our third center is not going to be because we're going to see some third center minutes this season. Like we just are to give guys rest. Like there's a video of Serge Ibaka doing some shoot around today, which is very encouraging for Clippers fans. Um, but we need to save him for the playoffs. And Zoo is also coming off his first. I mean, he missed his first games for the Clippers last season, like in his yeah. whole Clippers career. So yeah. it'll be really interesting to see how he can bounce back from that injury. We got to assume the rehab is going well. But I think for me, the schedule is is a concern really like just because of those first that first month and a half is so front loaded we talked about it last podcast like we might have to go 15 and 5 in those first home games yeah i i mean i i agree it's i mean it's going to be really difficult especially with the front loaded schedule i i'm not saying that it's not a difficult schedule but like <laughs> it, it's just not a problem to me that's exclusive to the Clippers. we can't solve it there's no way to solve the schedule <laughs> absolutely absolutely <laughs> like that's where i'm at with it so i guess i'd like to i mean optimistically look at things that maybe we could change or that we you know can actually control yeah. yeah maybe they'll just boycott a bunch of games or be like oh the bus is late looks like we got to reschedule this one uh mr silver the, the clippers <laughs> just force a lockout <laughs> Yeah, they're just like, we're not doing another five and seven. We're not doing it. Um, thank you to everyone who voted in that poll. We really appreciate it over at Locked On Clips. Uh, coming up, we're going to be talking ideal backcourt pairings for Luke Kennard, because as Will mentioned off top, this will have to get figured out. Uh, but first, we got to give a shout out to DirecTV. Uh, everyone knows that devices are kind of out of control this uh, in this TV era. You got one device that lets you catch the game live. Another that lets you stream your favorite shows. You're watching your sports highlights on your phone, and you've got your neighbor's best friends log in for the good stuff, whatever that may be. But I want to tell you about a simple way to get all that entertainment you love without the hassle and a great way to finally get your TV together. It's called Direct TV Stream, and it brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before, so you can watch your favorite sports movies and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes, no need to buy another device ever again, and the best part, no annual contract. To get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Okay, so we're back. And in this segment, we're going to be taking a look at Luke Kennard getting the huge pay bump that he's getting this year. Like last <laughs> year, we, we kind of talked about it, it didn't really matter how we used him because he was essentially just a one for one replacement for Landry Shamit. Yeah. He was making slightly more money, but in the grand scheme of things, it was pretty negligible. However, upping that to 16 mil a year, things change. And mm -hmm. we, you know, unless he's involved in a trade, we are going to have to find a way to use Luke Kennard and use him effectively. So what are some possible pairings that you think could put Luke in a position for success? I think we should talk about maybe the most possible, like right off the bat, I think. And I think that's Kennard and Mann. Like they've played a fair amount of time together, um, more time than any other duo we're gonna talk about um, between Kennard on here. And I, I like the defensive coverage for Mann on there. Um, we obviously know that Kennard can run an offense like we we need him to kind of initiate things it seems like in this specific pairing yeah I mean Luke Kennard is a, the greatest asset when he has the ball in his hands and you know he can play off ball of course but I mean he's adding the most value when the when the ball is in his hands whether that's you know shooting uh from the corner or or creating off the dribble I think that pairing him with man is is interesting because I think man is a little bit more effective off ball uh, not quite the creator that Luke is. Uh, so I, I like the pairing. It, it excites me like offensively. <laughs> I, I don't know if I'm overrating the offense, but like, you know, I like the speed of play that the two players can bring together. Oh yeah. 
I like the cutting and the off ball shooting from Terrence. I, I just think that it kind of opens up some things that are a little interesting. This duo during the regular season played 56 games together in lineups overall featuring these two players right. uh, for just under 10 minutes a game, about 9.5 minutes a game uh, lineups featuring these two players in that time uh, average 22, nine and five with a plus minus of zero dead even. Net so between control. the two of them, it was 22, nine and five. Yeah. It's gotta be up next year. <laughs> well, that's yeah. Uh, and then as a playoffs duo, they played 13 games together. Their minutes went down. Um, but interestingly enough, uh, they were more efficient in that time. They averaged 17, eight and three and only 7.6 minutes a game. And mm. they were, they were net positive contributors in that time. They were about plus 1.3 which is pretty solid. Um, I think what's really jumped out to me uh, is that their rebounding improved in the playoffs. And it makes no sense. <laughs> I, well, I've talked about this. Like, I thought we saw Kennard working a little bit hard to rebound there. There were boards where he was like jumping out of nowhere and Kennard yeah. was all of a sudden there with the ball. I don't know if he, you know, maybe did some training sessions or just watched some film of Pat Beverly. Uh, but oh, yeah. It, it was one of those weird little wrinkles last year um, in sort of the, you know, very tail end of the season and, and into the playoffs that I was kind of like, huh, this is going to be something to watch. Like, what what's going to happen with Luke Kennard's kind of rebounding numbers? Yeah. Uh, and and then man also stepped it up as a rebounder. So I, I think that like if they can be effective there, uh, that's one way to mitigate some of the defensive issues, which brings me into my cons, which would be, I mean, can man provide enough to to cover up for Luke Kennard defensively? Like, is yeah. that too? It's asking big? a lot. Like yeah, of it, a, a second, you know, effectively a second year player because his first year is kind of a wash. Definitely, definitely. I mean. I think that he's solid. I think that we saw a little bit of a curb at times in the playoffs. I, you know, I think that fatigue was certainly an issue mm -hmm. um, and just, you know, sort of the increased usage on the other end of the floor. But I, I think that it's I, I think that it's definitely plausible for him to be able to sort of help Kennard and cover there. I mean, he's got the size and the athleticism. Uh, so I, I think that it can happen. I just wonder if how that hampers or honestly could help man's development. You know, I, I'm not really Yeah, because sure. it is another development year for him. Like he still has steps to take that we know that he can um, actually take. Another defensive pairing, another guy who might be able to cover for Luke Kennard in the backcourt, uh, Bledsoe. Kennard yeah. and Bledsoe is a little intriguing. You got two guaranteed guys who can initiate an offense. Um Ha, like the defense is kind of it's up in the air right like this is going to depend on how Tyloo schemes for Bledsoe I was reading a bunch of stuff from Bucks fans they liked his fit but acknowledged that he looked checked out at times for the Bucks which I think you know everyone can kind of probably agree with so if Bledsoe will buy in because he obviously wasn't really hyped to be in New Orleans from everything that uh, I've read and I'm sure other people have too like if Bledsoe can buy in defensively, I think this is a really interesting lineup. This isn't a starting lineup. This isn't a starting backcourt idea. This is a Tyloo Tinker we'll probably see. Um, but it does kind of force Kennard into an off-ball guy because Bledsoe can't shoot. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, that would be my greatest con is does that – take away from some of the ability of Luke to create. And, yeah. you know, I, I think it just depends on how we see both of these guys gelling into the offense. You know, obviously Luke has a little bit more experience with this team and these mm -hmm. guys, 
Um, but you know, he hasn't really had a that big of a featured role as a creator yet. Yeah. Um, so I, I think that like it's it's honestly it, it could go either way as to like who is gonna be the more effective like floor general yeah. uh, between the two. I mean, based on reputation, I would lean Bledsoe, um, but it's yeah. hard to say. I opening things up for Bledsoe's game, uh, I do think puts him in a position of success as well as Kennard. Um but it, it does kind of limit some of what Kennard is able to do to to really mostly being kind of relegated to an off-ball shooter, which yeah, is, is dreaded for is, if you've watched Kennard last season. Not that yeah. he's not a good shooter. We know that he's obviously an elite shooter, but like that role, you just get kind of frustrated because like there's better ways to use this guy. Yeah, I mean, that's that's the thing. Like he he's more than just kind of like a camp in the corner guy, in my eyes, in my opinion. And you know, like if he can do the Marcus Morris thing and shoot, you know, 42 plus percent on a, <laughs> on, a on a on a higher number of attempts throughout the season, it would have to be way higher because Morris is, you know, actually useful on the defensive yes. end of the floor. <laughs> um, but you know, these are two guys getting paid the same amount of money. Like he he would have to, if that's all he's right. doing, like off ball shooting, you know, he he's gonna have to be taking a, a higher volume of shots. And it won't get to Marcus Morris levels, most likely, but I, I don't know. I it's hard. It it's hard. I think that this is gonna be the backcourt pairing that bothers people the most from Clippers fans. Like this is gonna be the tinker that I think bothers people the most because it's gonna look ugly at times because they're still trying to figure it out in games. Um, moving on to Kennard and Reggie Jackson, which is an interesting one. What are their regular season number? I don't know how to feel about it. I mean, I know that we know the defense is bad. But okay, so like, these lineups saw about the same amount of run um, as the man and Kennard lineups. A little bit less, 47 games, about 9.4 minutes a game, which is like 0.1 less, pretty negligible. They averaged 23, 9, and 5. These lineups, however, though, as you would expect, were a little worse defensively, but just mm. barely. They were minus like 0.1, whereas they were net neutral uh, with, with man paired with Kennard. So in the playoffs, though, they played 15 games together, about 6.2 minutes per game, uh, averaged 15, 5, and 3. But because of the offense, like the offensive leap they kind of both took in the playoffs, right. out of necessity, of course, uh, those lineups were plus 1.5, which, you know, also these, these, not mad at that. <laughs> so pros from this one, I, I mean, the, the, the shooting is. Oh insane. yeah. It's just phenomenal. Like you could run a lineup of like Reggie, Kennard, PG, Mook and Batum and offensively perfect lineup. Like you got Batum at the five, he can cut, he can move the ball. You got switchable. You got PG, Mook and Batum can all switch together. Like, in terms of defense, but that brings us to the con. The biggest con of this lineup is the defense. Like, we know that Kennard can shoot. We know Reggie can shoot. But, like, these two guys, we talked about pick and roll defense a bit off top. This would be uh, pretty rough for the Clippers on that end of the ball. Yeah, yeah. I mean, look, we the three-guard pairings uh, were – I think a reason, and we've talked about this, that Kennard kind of fell out of favor in the rotations because the just the on-court product was not good. Uh, I do think, <laughs> you know, removing one more guard who who doesn't really play defense could bolster things. You know, if you do have like a Winslow out there, maybe a Batum also to kind of help stabilize things. I, I think that that makes it a little bit more interesting, maybe a little bit more tenable. Um, but yeah, it, I mean, it's going to be difficult. And I think using PG in these lineups, especially is something that's me. 
uh, if it's a heavy usage thing. Like offensively, it's exciting. Defensively, I just think you're asking him to do, to do way too much. Um, th- a fun lineup up for these two might be, you know, Kennard, Winslow, PG, Mook, Batum. That's a fun small ball lineup because the defense is there. Like Winslow's defense, you can kind of hide Kennard a little bit in that scenario. Like that's that's going to be fun. Um, this is interesting. Let us know at Locked On Clips what you think your favorite pairing is. I almost we almost threw Luke Kennard and PG on here because PG is effectively kind of a big two sometimes. Um, yeah, I, which I, would be I, great. I would love that pairing. <laughs> I, I would have thrown PG in the mix, but I feel like it's like, yeah, I want to see him with PG. Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah, like let's put anybody in the backcourt with PG. Um, let us know at Locked On Clips which of your favorite pairings this is. Coming up, we're gonna be talking. Uh, Pat Bev getting introduced as a Timberwolf. Um, a video or a picture of Nick Batum that has me way too hyped for his dunking capabilities. And then, of course, an early edition of Love Mary Quarantine. Uh, but first, Will, if I wanted to eat food, what should I eat? You got to check out Built Bar. It's one of my favorite foods. Do you know that Built Bar has so many delicious flavors? There is something for everyone. It's cool. When you talk to a Built Bar fan, they're definitely passionate about their favorites. If you don't know the Built Bar flavors, well, you're missing out. They got coconut, cherry barcia, raspberry, mint brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel, strawberry, orange, cookies and cream, German chocolate. Ooh, yummy. Do you know what my favorite flavor is? Mm. It's probably mint brownie right now. It's just a classic combo. Little men, little chocolate. It's great. If you haven't tried all the flavors yet, you can get a mixed box where you'll get two of each of the nine flavors. Look, I keep going on and on about the taste and the flavors, but Built Bars aren't just the best tasting. They're healthy, too. Check out these macros. Each bar has 17 to 18 grams of protein, calories ranging anywhere from 130 to 180, only four to five grams of sugar, and only four to five grams of net carbs, amazing flavors, all tasty, all healthy. And right now we have a very special offer for our listeners. If you order today and get the grasshopper cookie or the raspberry or whatever you like, uh, you get a 15% off discount with the promo code locked on. Also, did you know Built Bar is the official protein bar of the U.S. track and field team? Mm. Pretty neat. So go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code Locked On, and you'll get 15% off your order. Use promo code Locked On for 15% off at Built.co. All right. Now that we're full, how can we throw some money down? Yeah, I'll throw some money down on Bet Online. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing, almost uh, coming down to the wire there. And you can track all the action at Bet Online, get all the latest news, odds, and info for your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, and all your UFC MMA action. Before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore, as this is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit with promo code LOCKED ON. All cap letters, one word that is locked on. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Okay, so we're back with shavings, which is just kind of where we wrap up everything else. And then, of course, we'll have a classic Love Mary Quarantine mm-hmm. for you. So, kicking things off, should we talk about uh, a, a much missed, much beloved? <laughs> yeah, Pat Bev officially introduced uh, as a Timber Wolf, Timber Wolf today. Um, gave the owner of GM like a big old hug. I, he had a great quote too. He was like, I've never missed the playoffs in my career. I don't intend to start now. Um, he's those, are, <sighs> hefty th- th- words. Th- those are hefty words. Also, JJ, remember when JJ Reddick did the same thing and it was like, Ugh. Oh, that's right. I forgot he said that. Well, I believe Pat Bev more than JJ Reddick. Um, 
He's going to bring such good locker room presence to that team. Like I, we play the Timberwolves a bunch weirdly in the first like 15 games. Like we have one of those weird, like we're at Minnesota for three days and play them twice type thing. Um, I'm honestly a little more scared to play them now that they have Pat Bev. Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, it, it bolsters things defensively. Uh, I don't know if it's enough to cover up for like D'Angelo Russell, but uh, <laughs> you know, who knows? We'll see. It's it's definitely going to be bittersweet. I can't wait for that video tribute. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like one of the most important Clippers and sort of defining the culture of what this team would be in a time where you know we didn't really have an identity. And I think that yeah. for a lot of fans, they maybe felt as though we we didn't have a lot to look forward to. Uh, and you know, when available, he brought the intensity. Uh, and he always got the crowd going and the entire team going. So it, it's, yeah, miss you. it's, miss miss you, miss, we miss you, Pat Bev. Um, you know, a little something a little happier. Uh, a pic was posted on Instagram of Nick Batum doing what seemed to be a between the legs dunk. He's Hell right yeah. at the rim, the ball's between his legs. He was in like, he was in like a long sleeve shirt and shorts. A, do we think that he actually threw this down or was this a fancy layup? He threw it down. Oh, yeah, he, he threw it down. <laughs> it was wild how much he dunked last year. There were, like, more Batum dunks and blocks than I think anyone thought there was going to be. Uh, loved it. Um, I mean, it. It was always, like, it was almost always a momentum changer. You knew every things, time. You, you knew things were going bad for the team if they couldn't build momentum off of a Batum dunk. It was like, yeah. we're dead in the water then, buddies. Yeah, Batum gets a block and there was no momentum. It was like, what's going on? Um what are you going to do if Nick Batum somehow throws down a between the legs dunk in game? Um, I'm going to lose my mind. That would be the wild. That would be so wild. I think I would just be worried the whole time he was in the air. I'd just be like, please come down smooth. Like this is such like we're either winning by a bunch or it's another Mavs game. We're like down at 50 at halftime. And what he had that great quote where he, they're like sitting in the locker room. He's like, we're down by 50. Like, what are we supposed to do? <laughs> like, um shout out nick batum shout out lily batum cannot express how happy uh clipper nation is that they're back one more shout out to clipper spencer for the tattoo um all right moving on we're doing love mary quarantine this episode's coming out a little earlier than usual so we're gonna break you guys off for love mary quarantine as mentioned up top uh and on yesterday's episode terrence mann is doing cameos for 50 dollars um we also found just as a side note if you want a cameo uh from Lawrence Frank, or excuse me, not Lawrence Frank, that'd be great. From Jerry West, it's going to cost you $444. Very weird amount. The logo ain't cheap. Don't know how they sell it cheap. World be free, 50 bucks, not bad. Uh, Ty Lu, $216. How did they land on that figure? I have no idea. I'm assuming 444 is Jerry West's favorite (laughs) Jay-Z album. And so that's all you did, 444. 216. No idea. I don't even know if that's an area code. Darius Miles, only 20 bucks. That's not bad. Brandon Boston, 30 bucks. Wow. Starting high. Oh, yeah. Um, he knows his value. Anyway, we're doing Clippers players you'd want a cameo from and what they would say. Um, my first option is Steve Ballmer. No idea how much he would charge for a cameo. Probably should be doing them for a buck. Um, I would get him saying this option is I'm just saying this, your name has some pretty good ideas and this is used to send when work questions a decision you say oh you think this is a bad decision what do you what does steve Ballmer have to say ever heard of a little entrepreneur uh steven Ballmer? oh he might have something to say um other option zoo bots saying wow awesome dunk you can really get up 
This is to play when someone asks if you can dunk. And then when they ask, well, can you actually dunk? You say, ugh, bad knee. And then you tap your knee twice. Uh, that's great. He's just <laughs> like, oh, I can't even challenge that. You yeah. dunked so hard. Whoa, on an 11-foot hoop? And you're like, hey, it's who was there. And what's this third option we got? Uh, so this one is a bit of an inception idea. Uh, <laughs> this is Luke Kennard doing his locker room famous Owen Wilson impression. Just going, Oh, wow. That's wow. it? Just over and over? Oh, wow. <laughs> How much does this one cost? Uh, 60 bucks. Cool 60 bucks. 60 bucks? You can make him say anything and you're having him say, oh, wow, over and over? Oh, wow. Uh, as, as Owen Wilson? <laughs> the copy just says uh, improv is Owen Wilson. He's going to be like, all right, great. Um, It'd be that and then a bunch of lines of Owen Wilson as the Eli Cash character from Royal Tenenbaums where he's talking about just taking a bunch <laughs> Taking a bunch of psilocybin, mescaline. Oh, that's a good call. Um, so which one of these are you, uh, L, M, and Q? Um, oh man. Okay, so I'm I'm loving the bomber one. I think that that's great. I think you know, being able to throw that in the work chat, uh, it's always gonna be a good time. You know, it's 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 never gonna not hit. Um all right, I, I'm gonna marry Luke Kennard. And it's wow. a close. It's it's a close Mary for the zoo one, mm -hmm. um, but I, I got to quarantine it just because I, I feel like the dunk thing. You're, you're opening yourself up for way too much scrutiny there. You smack the knee. You say bad knee. You gave it a hard. Also, smack. I don't want zoo to be humble. I want him to do the opposite. Like, <laughs> what if I want he's charged up? What if he's like, I'm going to get you next time on that dunk, you sob. <laughs> I, I think that's a little better. Like I I, right. I want to know that he is the biggest man on on the floor. Fair, uh, and I and I need him to bring that energy. And that's a good to call. Me, this to me doesn't get him to that spot. That's fair. I'm going to. I'm loving the Zubats one. Uh, okay. Strictly just because I would be. I would. I'd play it a bunch. Like, damn, I can dunk. Um, what if he's like, wow, we were both dunking so much out there. Okay, that I like was that. crazy. I, 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 that's that's back in the merry for me. <laughs> Can you believe um, we dumped so many times? That would be that would be mine. And I would pay him uh sixteen dollars for this. Do you think at one point you would get so diluted and you would try to throw one down in a pickup game? Yes, and then I would hurt my knee for real so again yeah oh that one didn't work um oh I'm wow i'm marrying the balmer one but with the caveat yeah. that he only charges a dollar okay yeah or whatever yeah. the minimum 50 cents whatever um, a buck for balmer yeah balmer's bucks um and then the luke canard one i might have to quarantine because i'm afraid he'd just get too into it and he would start talking like that in the locker room and on the court He'd just be doing a bunch of Owen Wilson stuff. I mean, I'm I'm just trying to think of things that Luke Kennard is doing in the locker room to kind of get a laugh out of guys. And I do feel like impressions could be one of them. Am I you think I'm way off base there? No, I think you're right. I think uh he's quoting movies constantly. I think that's definitely something that happens. Um <laughs> let us know which of these you would pick. Let us know what you would give any of the various uh clippers peripheral people on cameo. There's kind of a lot on there. Um I love that Danny Manning's on there. I love the Ty Lue's 216 bucks. Um, Monday's episode, uh, we're coming at you with the freshies talking the new guys. Maybe some Ty Lue tinker talk. What's going to frustrate us? What's going to get us hyped? And of course, whatever else happens between now and then in Clipperland will. Where can these fantastic, loyal listeners who we love so much tell their friends to listen to us and maybe drop a review? 
So you can check us out on iTunes or the podcast app. You can check us out on Google Podcasts, on Spotify, on Stitcher, on Deezer, on Amazon Music. You can always tell your smart speaker to play Locked on Clippers. It works fabulously. No matter where you listen, if you would be willing to leave us a rating or review on iTunes or the podcast app, five stars, or just let us know what you think. It would really help us out. Thanks so much. We mentioned it up top, but we're coming at you three days a week, soon to be five days a week. Hey, we hope to have you chopping it up with us. We absolutely do. I have been positive, Chuck Lockler. And I am William the Opinion Updike. We appreciate you.